As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back, Stephen Holder. I'm here with Zach Kiefer, and it's another episode of 1% Better. We haven't been with you for a while because it's been kind of quiet. It is not quiet today, Zach. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we've been kind of anticipating this for a while. Carson Wentz is headed to Indianapolis, the uh, long-speculated trade. Uh, I know Zach and I have been sitting by the phone for the past 48 hours, you know, waiting for this shoe to drop. And exhausted. Yeah. Right. So now we can finally leave the house or whatever if we need to. Um, so anyway, if you haven't heard by now, it's uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts. What do we got here, Zach? We got a, a number number two pick this year and a number, number three, three pick, pick me, this year. A conditional. A number two pick in 2022 that's conditional and could move up to a one. Essentially, if, if Wentz starts enough games this year, which, you know, if, the, if this works out for the Colts, they're basically giving up a first-round pick down yeah. the line. But I think that's basically where they're at. Okay, so just r- real quick on the compensation, I want to put this out there. I, I actually I like the way they did this because, uh, look, I mean, giving up the one potentially, that will, you know, I don't want to say hurt, but they'll feel that, right? But the, the one good thing here is I know this for a fact. The one thing that has been bugging Chris Ballard about this is how do we protect ourselves because look, this guy still had a terrible season last year, right? And they're not, that is not something they can just completely overlook. And I think the trade reflects this. Uh, they, they gave up the pick this year, fine. But the conditions are attached to the 2022 pick. And there's a reason for that. It's just what I said. If this bombs, if this falls apart, they have some protection. If it works, fine. Here's a first round pick. Congrats, Philly. But so my point is, I, I like the fact that they were able to to do that because I, I know that was bugging Chris Ballard. So they got that figured out. I think the Eagles can spin it and say, hey, we're probably going to get a first round pick out of this and they can pat themselves on the back. The Colts can say, hey, you know, we protected ourselves and we feel better about, you know, structuring the deal that way. So I think everybody kind of wins, right? I mean, Carson Wentz definitely got what he wanted. So for sure. I mean, who is this? Is this a win-win? Do you think potentially? I think it's a huge gamble on the Colts' part. It could be a win-win, but let's mm-hmm. just take a minute and step back and, and, like you said, this is an important part of negotiations. Wentz was objectively terrible last year. 
And and it's important that the Colts didn't mortgage their future on this guy. They can get out in two years, but it's still 47 million over two years. He's their guy. And I know they're fired up, but like you said, they didn't give up a first round pick this year. And I think that's very, very important. I think they didn't want to do that because they've got a lot of holes to fill, right? They got to fill left tackle. They got to right. help at wide receiver. They need some pass rush. They need a corner. That's not what this podcast is about. They, they've got other needs to attack, but I think it's important that you made that point that they wanted to protect themselves and they didn't want to put all their chips into the Carson Wentz basket. Now on the flip side, look, this guy's 28. He's played like an MVP before he's reuniting with the coach who got him to that level. And I know for a fact that Frank Reich is fired up about this. So if you want to spin it positively, and if this does work out, the biggest payoff for the Colts is, is not that you just got a quarterback for 2021. You could have a franchise quarterback for the next four years, which is the hamster wheel that they have been running through since the night Andrew Luck retired, right? It's who's the next franchise quarterback. Is it Jacoby Brissett? Is it, is it Phillip Rivers? Is it somebody else? Now you possibly have a chance at answering that question. And that's been really this fog that they've been in since Andrew Luck walked away, this could have solved their problems. Now he's got to go play. There's going to be a lot of hype about this team for the next six months. Then it's going to come down to training camp and it's going to come down to the season. And like Ballard always says, trades, they don't win you games in the season. You win games in September and October. Wentz is going to have to deliver because this is a huge gamble. And and his, the rest of his career will depend on how he reacts to this trade and how he plays here in Indianapolis. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, what is what 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 is a successful trade here? Do you think? I mean, well, I'm trying. I guess I'm not asking you. I'm just thinking out loud. You know, what is it? What is successful? Like I was just asked this on television. Like, what needs to happen for this to be successful for for both Carson Wentz and for the team? Because here's the thing: if the Colts go you know, nine and seven and miss the playoffs. That's not a success, right? I mean, you were just in the playoffs and went 11 and five, you know, um, you know, if they go 11 and five and get bounced in the first round again, is that a success? You know, I, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. And I don't think it's, it's something that we can necessarily determine right now, maybe, but, but it is kind of fun to kick that around. You know what I mean? Like what do we consider success? Because on the other hand, they got a quarterback potentially and they didn't have one. So maybe just finding your quarterback is, is considered success. You know, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I think it is. And, and I, I think this is twofold. One, I think I didn't like the other options at all. Like I'm just no. going to be honest with you. And I don't think you did either. Like they didn't excite me at all. Like Sam Darnold is a cheaper short-term solution, but he's never played at the level Carson Wentz has played at. I'm not excusing Wentz's 2020 season, but Darnold has never reached that high. Fitzpatrick, no. You know, all the other names out there, Jacoby Brissett, Cam Newton, no, no. I think Wentz is the best player. How about a little Mitch play. Trubisky? <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If, if Frank Reich didn't want this to happen, this doesn't happen. Frank Reich made the push. He believes that Wentz can get back to the form he was at, even in 18 and 19 when he was a top 10 to 12 quarterback. So in light of other options being pretty terrible, I do like the move. I like the compensation because, like you said a minute ago, it doesn't hamstring you. But moving forward, this is heaven if you're a quarterback trying to resuscitate your career. This is the best spot you could really hope for with all realistic possibilities out there, right? I mean, you're going to a place with the number one coach you want to work with. The Colts have a very good offensive line. I'm not going to say elite because they don't have a left tackle. And Anthony Costanzo hurts. Let's not overlook that. But you got Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly up the middle, and you got a really good right tackle. 
in Braden Smith. That's a really good thing. Look at these numbers. Phillip Rivers was sacked 21 times last year in 16 games. Carson Wentz was sacked 50 times in 13 games. Now, that's Good Lord. not strictly an offensive line stat, right? We know that, right? Rivers was excellent at getting the ball out quickly. Wentz held onto the ball too long. It's, it's not a black and white stat, but 50 and 21, it's going to be different in Indianapolis. He's got a stud at running back in Jonathan Taylor, who is the third leading rusher in the league as a rookie. He's got Michael Pittman Jr., who we saw flash late. He's going to have some help at wide receiver. Whether T.Y. Hilton comes back or not, they're going to address the receiver position. I think they do something big at tight end. That's just a gut feeling I have. Yeah. So you're going to have a really good situation for Carson Wentz to figure this out. And, it, you know, the biggest reason of all, which is very obvious, is that he played his best football of his life with Frank Reich as a close mentor. They remained very close in the years since. The gamble is that he can do it again. And, and this tells me – more than anything, that Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard absolutely believe in Frank Reich. This is them giving their coach what he wanted, and this is them taking a huge gamble on Frank Reich. You know, one of the things, one of the things that I I think is interesting here is um, all of the things that you you kind of critique about about Carson Wentz. Uh, he has the ability to improve them drastically here. For example, uh, you, you, you mentioned the pass protection. That's certainly one. Uh, there's no question. That's like the biggest one. The other thing is the Eagles, their skill position players were not very good last year. They were top 10 in drops last season. That's a huge uh, category for quarterbacks in terms of your efficiency. I'm not saying that's the reason Carson Wentz was bad. No, no, no. I am not making excuses. Yeah, you can't Carson excuse Wentz. him, but you can't also no. ignore the other factors, right? But they're contributing factors, right? Uh, you had a defense that was problematic as well. Uh, the whole team, frankly. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> the other thing is you talk about the sacks. They're not just an offensive line stat. They are on the quarterback too. But you have to sometimes, as a play caller, help the quarterback. Frank Reich is the best at doing that. I think one of the things that he does so well is, look, Phillip Rivers, I thought, took a lot more sacks in 2019 than he did last season. And part of the reason for that was I really wondered going into last season, how was Frank Reich going to get this guy to play efficiently? Because one thing we knew about Phillip Rivers coming into that season was, look, we, we couldn't look past the 20 interceptions from the previous year. Right. That was just so hard to and get your head around. Who was not how are you worried get, about it? Yeah. Like, how are you going to get this guy to play efficiently and to, and to just get the ball out? And honestly... Philip Rivers did exactly that. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was the one thing that I thought he wouldn't be able to do, and he really did. He made first of all, he's really smart, but but even so, I mean, he played within himself. He made great decisions. Uh, he didn't force things. I, I really thought that was a lot of that. At least was was a result of Frank Reich and and putting his quarterback in the right positions. Philip Rivers or having Philip Rivers helps because he's Philip Rivers for Pete's sake, right? right? I mean, he gets it, right? And I'm not saying Carson Wentz is on that level intellectually and, and just in terms of the football acumen. But but at the same time, he's going to have a guy in Frank Reich who can help him in so many ways where he struggled in the past. This is still a guy, and I, I can't get my head around this. this, is still a guy who threw 27 touchdowns two years ago with seven interceptions. The Colts would take that tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. That is more than Philip Rivers threw last season. Correct. So I don't know what it means. I'm just saying, like, it ha you can't just completely deny that that happened. Like, that happened. 
That was just two years ago. I mean, am I crazy? Another element that you got to think about is the fact that Carson Wentz is an athletic quarterback who can do yes. a lot of different things. And when you throw in the RPO game and you throw in the limitations that Phillip Rivers had for everything he did well, and it was very fun to watch him control the line of scrimmage and check into the right plays and dissect a defense, right? I love that part of the game. And I don't think Wentz is on that level. Actually, there's very few quarterbacks that are on that level. No, not even close. But yeah. they had to bring in Jacoby to get a lot of those first downs and to do a lot of the stuff that Rivers couldn't do. And then when he had the toe late in the season, he was even more limited, if that even was possible. Wentz will have a lot of upside in terms of the athletic ability he can bring you if they can really figure out a way to make the most of that. Look, there's it goes both ways. He's got a huge arm. He's athletic. You know, why hasn't he played well last year? They need to figure that out. But the fact that he can do a lot of different things that Rivers didn't do, he's not quite as athletic as Andrew Luck. But going back, that's a very valuable thing to have. And you see that across the league, all these athletic quarterbacks, Mahomes, Watson, what they're doing to defenses. The Colts have had it happen to them for years. Now they're going to have a guy who is capable of doing that and who was very effective at it in the 17 season. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think this is a huge factor. And it's one of the reasons why even if Carson Wentz doesn't play great, I think that there's still potential for him to be effective. And the reason for that is this opens up so much more of Frank Reich's playbook. There's no question that for everything he gained with Philip Rivers last year, he also lost a lot of things, right? Yes. There's no question about that. He lost a lot of what he was able to do with both Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Jacoby is certainly no 4-4 40 guy, but no. but he's at least, he can move, and he's he's athletic enough that he can do some things on the run, and you can move the pocket, etc. You didn't do any of that with, with Phillip Rivers last season, and I really think that took away from some of the things that Frank Reich would otherwise have done. Now, that was made up for by, you know, just the intellect that you have with Phillip Rivers and, and him making great decisions. All of that, I think, Probably, if not outweighed, it, it at least was a wash, right? But uh, what you lose in that regard with Phillip Rivers, you gain so much with the the mobility with Carson Wentz. And whether it was Carson Wentz or whoever it was, I, I knew they would have to get a quarterback who could move a little bit. Uh, that just made sense to me, unless it was going to be Foles, which was always a possibility with Frank Reich, right? But... but <laughs> But but it's it's Carson Wentz, and I do think yes, I I so agree with you. I think the RPO game is huge. Uh, consider this too: they got a new offensive coordinator in Marcus Brady, and one of the things that I've written about with him, and he talked about this as well, is his CFL background is very creative. Uh, they did a lot of those sort of RPO style things in the CFL in Canada, and and Marcus was a quarterback there and an, and a play caller. He wants to bring some of those elements, and I think him putting his head together with Frank Reich with a mobile quarterback, that's not a terrible thing. Uh, again, I don't know how Carson is going to play, but I think these are all reasons why they can put him in position to succeed. He has to take it from there, but they can put him in position to succeed and make the likelihood of success a lot higher, I think, you know, and so... I, I think this is going to be potentially a very, very good thing for Carson. Potentially. Let me yeah. ask you about one thing, uh, a little slightly different topic. There have been a lot of reports out of Philadelphia about Carson, how he how he handled the situation last year, 
Uh, is he a leader? All of these questions, you know, um, he's coming to a place where they don't really tolerate that stuff. And that's not, that's really frowned upon in this locker room in Indianapolis. Is that a concern? Should it be a concern? And I don't know, do we, was too much made of that? Do you think? I don't know that we really know, but what's your sense? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. We don't know for sure because we weren't there, but I, I've talked to a lot of Philadelphia people and I know you have as well. And I've heard both things. I've heard he's a tremendous leader and he's among the hardest workers in the locker room. And I've heard, you know, in reports from people who cover the team and know well that he didn't take well to hard coaching. And that's I'm really glad you brought that up because Indianapolis and we've seen this develop over the last three or four years. The locker room is as good as it's ever been. You don't you know, you don't start five and two after the franchise quarterback retires in late August without a very stable foundation. And they're not going to put up with any of the rumored stuff that Carson Wentz has possibly been associated with in Philadelphia, whether it's, you know, I, th- I think I read a report of him basically ignoring coaches and film sessions and kind of freewheeling and playing a little bit of hero ball. That's not, they're not going to let that fly. And I think Frank understands that. And Frank's obviously been in the room with them. So he understands um, where the bar is going to be. But like you said, I don't know where Carson Wentz fits in in this Indianapolis Colts locker room right now in terms of leaders, right? So it was interesting last year to watch Philip Rivers walk in and very organically earn the respect of every teammate very quickly. It's not something you can do through anything but your actions. And Rivers did it, and we saw that. And the fact that he was voted a captain after that weird offseason was very telling, right? So who are the leaders right now, and where does Wentz fit in? I know Darius Leonard's a leader. I know Nelson is. Buckner. Um, on offense, it's different. It's a young group. T.Y. may or may not be back. That's going to be interesting to see that play out because it's not a guarantee when you got this new guy coming into the city. But like I said earlier, it's a great situation for Carson Wentz to change that narrative. Yeah, I think this is going to be – it's an opportunity. I think you just said that basically in, in, in another way. It's an opportunity for Carson Wentz. You can change that narrative, as you said, and – but he has to he has to sort of embrace that and he has to recognize this is really important. And I think it's up to Frank Reich as well, who he trusts and Press Taylor, who's also on the staff now in Indy. It's up to them. You know, those are two people who he really trusts. Right. He he's putting his career in their hands, basically. Um, and so I think it's incumbent on them to make this crystal clear. Like we got a good thing going here. And we need you to come in and be a part of that and not be a, a setback to that. And I don't think he will. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It, they need him to buy in 100%. And, and that's important because they have a really good thing going, right? This is a place players want to come. And it, Wentz, Wentz needs to embrace that. And I think he will. I think that's probably one of the reasons why he wanted to come here. I think he wanted to yeah. work with Reich. And he knows the culture Reich has established. But it, like it's like it's it's March, it's February 18th. Like it's easy to, for us to say it now. But what happens yeah. when they lose two of three to start or what happens when Wentz has a game where he throws three picks and, you know, we got a right that he played bad. That's when we're really going to find out what he's made of. You saw how Rivers handled that this year. And again, Rivers is a Hall of Fame type quarterback in terms of, you know, the intangibles. We'll see how Wentz does, because this is I mean, this is his chance to revive his career. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Just think about how how you and I and and just average fans reacted to the selection of Jalen Hurts, right, last spring. We were all stunned. We're like, whoa, wait a minute, what? And so (laughs) I think you can only imagine how Carson Wentz responded to that. Not good. It was not a positive reaction, clearly. And now I'm not making excuses for that because I don't think that's how you should react. If you're if you're a team guy, you got to understand that's the business and that's the game. At the same time, here's a guy who I think on the one hand feels like, man, you know what? I've really done a good job over the years and played some great football and and I shouldn't be rewarded like this. I'm not saying that's that's fair. I'm not saying that's that's like a, a reasonable response. But I also could understand the response, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think that's what was going on there. Now, he's got to be the bigger man and understand that's just what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got a very big bank account, right? you got to understand, look, this is what it is. You don't have the right to complain. But I also get it, on the other hand. So here he's not going to have that. The Colts aren't drafting a second-round quarterback this year, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> no, they don't. are. I mean, we don't know yet. Right. Of course, if they do, then hell, we got a whole lot of stories to write. But uh, I don't anticipate that. So I, I think it's going to be very much like even though Jacob Eason is still there, and, and I think Jacob Eason at some point could be a factor for this team, but not right now. This is clearly Carson Wentz's job, and it should be. I mean, he uh, Jacob Eason has never thrown – for 27 touchdowns in the NFL, right? So this is Carson Wentz's job, and he's not going to have to look over his shoulder for the time being. And so I think that will give him a a much more comfortable starting place here than where he was at in Philadelphia. And and then when you factor in all the noise in Philadelphia, it's just a different town. I mean, it's not even just the media. People talk about the media. I don't think it's the media. Media I think it's the fans. Right. The fans are fickle man and it's what have you done for me lately and so you know to go from an mvp candidate three years ago to basically people asking for your head that's a lot you know and so he he needed a fresh start there's no question he will benefit from a fresh start i mean there's a statue of nick Foles outside the stadium for god's sake i mean that's that's real 
And and I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier because this is relevant to what we're talking about right now. What's the blueprint for the Colts quarterback, right? What's what's well, when did it look the best under Frank Reich? We've talked about this before, and we've both talked about this with Reich and Ballard. It's late in the 18 season. And yes, it was Andrew Luck at quarterback, but Andrew Luck was not playing like the Andrew Luck that dominates a game and throws for 400 yards. The bar for Carson Wentz is going to be so much more manageable in Indianapolis. Like, you know, because of the reasons we mentioned, the line, the playmakers he has around him, it's good defense with some playmakers as well. But in Philly, especially the last couple of years, especially this year, with a diminished sporting cast, he had to be the guy. He had to play like a hero. And I'm not excusing him of blame, but that's a bad way to play football. And in 2018, when they really had it going in Indianapolis, Luck was very um, consistent and he wasn't overdoing it and he didn't have to do too much. For the first time in his career, it was 230 yards passing, two touchdowns, no turnovers. It was simple. They had a run game. They had a defense. It was such a more balanced attack. And Wentz is going to have the benefit of playing with that in Indy. A little bit like the Eagles team in 2017 that had a lot of pieces around him. He played great. But here, he's not going to have to play the hero-type game so often that he probably felt like he had to play in Philadelphia. Now, look, I've watched some of the tape, and he was bad, man. He kept the ball too long. He forced some unbelievable throws in terms of I can't figure out what he was doing. So let's not excuse him and say this is all the Eagles' fault. But you've got a head coach who was clashing with management, right? That's why Doug Peterson was fired. You've got a bunch of guys who were injured. you got a line who's allowing 50 sacks in 13 games, like 50 in 13 games. That's just problems all over. It's going to be the opposite in Indianapolis. So he's not like he needs to return to MVP form. But if he can get back to 9, 10, 11 in year one and, and protect the football, that's a win for the Colts. So maybe that gets them in the playoffs. But I think as of today, with the options they had and the compensation they gave up, this was the right move. You had to go get something done. And if Frank Reich believes in him, the Colts are behind the move. Yeah, I, I really like the point you made about them, uh, just what they need from their quarterback, right? I mean, there were times during the 2020 season where Phillip Rivers was kind of a game manager. Like, not totally. That's 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 probably mildly insulting to him. But Phillip said that early on when they won those. He did. He was yeah. like, that's fine. I don't care as long as we win by 20. Right. And and then there were times when he had to do more, right? I mean, but you know, we're talking about games against like the Packers and and things like that. That's of course, but there were times though where he really didn't have to do the heavy lifting. And I think, what did he need? What did they need from him? They needed him to avoid the big mistake, right? They needed him to make good decisions. Exactly. And look, I mean, we've even Jacoby Brissett, who I think is much more limited in terms of his 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 skills than Carson Wentz. Now I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is going to have a better or worse season than Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm talking about Jacoby two years ago. All I'm saying is Jacoby Brissett is probably, probably a a more stable quarterback, but he also, in, in terms of the high end playmaking, it's just not there, right? Carson Wentz can actually, if he can play, stable quarterback play, give them stable quarterback play, but then also bring some of that high-end playmaking ability, not all the time, but when needed, now you might have something, you know? So so I think that's that's where they have to get. That's the target. That's where they need to go with this. And I don't think it's out of the question. I, I think if he can play within himself and 
he doesn't have to do the heavy lifting, as we've said. And then still, when called upon, he can make the big play action pass down the field. He has the big arm. He has those abilities. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of interesting to think about. It's kind of intriguing. I think that's, that's a really where, good comparison. Yeah. Is 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 the, the difference in the Wentz game and, and Jacoby's game. And Jacoby doesn't turn the ball off them very often. But he also doesn't take the chances that win you games. And from a bigger per- picture perspective, you know, what did our, we talked to our colleague Bob Kravitz? Like, what, what's your angle on this? Bob was like, look, if you want to be great, you got to take big chances. This is a mm-hmm. big chance, and they're taking it. And and look, it sounds like Jim Irsay is really fired up about it. This makes the Colts relevant. But you know, from a from a team standpoint, like this could elevate the Colts into one of the better teams in the AFC. And they took the chance. And they believe Frank Reich is the guy to get it done. So it's going to be a fun next couple months to see what they do in free agency because they got to surround this guy with some more talent. But um, they're swinging for it. I mean, I and I wrote this in my story, and I want to get your thoughts. The biggest gamble of, of Chris Ballard's tenure? I feel like it is. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I think so. I mean, he gave up a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner, but he was getting freaking like, DeForest Buckner. It didn't feel like a big gamble even before he <laughs> no. played, right? The guy the guy was already an all-pro, so where's the gamble? He doesn't right? miss games. It just felt like that right. was like, okay, that makes I was sense. like, oh, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> you know, it took me 30 seconds. Uh, so, no, I don't see that as a gamble. It's just a gamble. It's seen as a gamble because you gave a first-round pick. So it gets cast that way. wasn't a gamble. Uh, other than that, look, trading down with the Jets – uh, three years ago, I thought that was a slam dunk too. Yeah, so, gotcha, no, Hall of Famer. Yeah, this is clearly the I think clearly the biggest gamble uh, that that he has made, and um, you know, but again, I, I think they're at a point where they kind of have to take some shots because the alternative is they're standing in place and and they don't get anywhere uh, for the next couple of years. So this is you know this is them. Taking that, uh, you know, if this were basketball, you know, this is them, you know, volume shooting from three-point range. So, you know, we're going to go for it, you know. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you're right. And this is what Ursay said a month ago, right? We have the tremendous nucleus of players that are capable of competing for the Super Bowl very soon. So ideally, if you can get someone to come in who doesn't need to develop, then you're going to give yourselves a chance to, to take a chance at a Super Bowl. Now, Ursay is always thinking Super Bowl. But <laughs> multiple Super Bowls. Zach. I think going back to what you said, I think Sam Darnold, if he's the alternative, I think Sam Darnold keeps you where you're at. I don't think there's a lot of chance for you to really improve. With Sam Darnold, I think you're just filling a spot. With Wentz, it could go either way. Maybe there's no middle ground. Maybe there is, but I feel like he could definitely make you better. Maybe a 12 win team. Or it, it, let's not be out. Let's be honest. Like this could go poorly. He could not. He could not develop. Um, look, there are obvious signs of regression this past year, and they still traded for him. So let's not color this as a slam dunk because it's not. But the Colts are betting. They're betting on Carson Wentz, and they're betting big time on Frank Bell and Frank Wright. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got to think that even if he – I think if he plays as poorly as last year, they're in trouble, obviously. But yeah. but even if, he, even if he's only a slight upgrade from last year – uh, I, the Colts have enough that they're going to be a team that's in the mix. They'll be in the mix for something, right? They're, they're not going to. They're not going six and ten. I, I, Carson Wentz would have to play the absolute worst football you've ever seen. For I think for the Colts to go six and ten, I just think they're too good. Yeah. But but is he good enough to to take them to a higher level? That I think is going to be the question. Uh, the good news is he doesn't have to do that much. I really believe that. I think the bar for for Carson Wentz is not that high. 
And I think that's fine. I think they have enough. He just has to do his part. And we'll see. I mean, what an opportunity for him. What an opportunity. Right. I will just tell you one last thing. I mean, he did not the, – the stuff about him not wanting to go to Chicago, absolutely true. 100% true. Even his agents – this is a funny story. His agents, honestly, they – ironically, I should say, uh, represent Mitch Trubisky. So even they were on board with, with, with Indy the whole way because, like, why would they want him to go to Chicago, right? So this was all along – the whole Wentz camp was like indie, a hundred percent. So this is what everybody wanted, and it's what uh, it's what happened. So we'll see. How do you feel? Last thing before we go, how do you feel about the way the Colts handled it? Right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, this has been going on for two weeks, and it sounds like from everything I've gathered, the Colts' offer didn't change that much. And you know how Chris Ballard works; he sets a value on a player or a target, and he he holds firm. And I think he was willing to wait this one out until the Eagles blinked. Yeah, I I would say I remember I think about two weeks ago Ballard told me uh, <laughs> I guess I can say this now he told me he said look uh, we we understand it's a quarterback and that raises the stakes in terms of compensation a little bit so he he went into this knowing okay I'm not going to get this guy for a fourth round pick so right. he was fine with that but at the same time it's like you said he also had a value in his head and he was like this is what it is and so he felt like. We went a little bit higher than I would normally want to go with a guy with this kind of baggage, and that's where we're going to be. I think they pretty much were exactly like you said, pretty consistent all the way through, and I think that's a Chris Ballard special. This is where I'm at. You got to come to me, and if not, we'll move on. and And that's a hard. That would have been a hard thing to do here because they don't have great options. But I think you have to be willing to do it. and And that's if you get that reputation, then people will know how you do business. And I think. Right. Chris Ballard has that reputation. And and the one thing I was thinking about the whole time, and I know this is a mistake because I'm thinking short term, I just kept thinking about that first round pick this year, that 21st pick. I keep thinking about that hole at left tackle. And I know this draft is loaded at left tackle. And I just keep it that's that you got to use that pick to fill that need. That's my prediction now. And and if they gave that up to get Wentz, it just puts you in another bind. Not you can't not that you can't find one in the second round or whatever. Um, but they haven't had a first round pick. They didn't have one last year. They traded out of them the one year before to get Rocky Sin. So you need to replenish that with some top end talent. And I feel like that's a good spot. So that in my mind is a huge win. You're getting the quarterback that could be here for four years or more. And you're also keeping the first round pick, which you could use if you do it correctly on a guy who could be protecting them for that duration and then much longer. So like you said, Ballard didn't flinch and the Eagles came to him and the Colts may or may not have their quarterback in the future. Yeah, I I really think that first round pick this this year's first round pick. I really felt like that needed to be off limits, and I th- I think they're really happy to come away uh, keeping that intact. So that's a win for them for sure. Um, and I agree, offensive tackle. All right, that's that's the next um, that's the next order of business in my mind, and I think they have the opportunity in this draft to do it. So they're in good shape. Potentially. <laughs> if all, all that has to happen now is Carson Wentz has to play well. But other than that, they're in great shape. <laughs> I'm not so. going to get that answer until like September 10th when the Colts right. try to win their first opener in like seven years. So Yeah. I know it's a weight lifted off their shoulders, though. I mean, ha- not having a quarterback is a terrible feeling, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, look, it, it certainly – it gives them an opportunity to exhale a little bit. So. Hey, for, forget forget their shoulders. What about our shoulders? Oh I'm, yeah, I'm turning my phone off this weekend. 
exactly. <laughs> Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. Man, it has been a saga. So, and, and it, we're only in mid-February. Okay, we got a long way to go. <laughs> Man. So, anyway, thanks guys for uh, for hanging with us today um, and throughout all of this. Um, it's been it's been something else, but we've enjoyed it, and there's a lot more to come, a lot more coverage to come. Uh, we're just turning our eye toward uh, free agency which is coming so stay tuned for that and uh obviously we're gonna have much more coverage of carson Wentz on the athletic so if you haven't subscribed now's your chance thanks for listening again i'm stephen holder with zach Kiefer, and this is one percent better